the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Tomorrow can be bigger. Just grow, let the world overflow. Yeah. Live a life bigger than yourself. You're created for greatness. Live a life bigger than yourself. Hello, this is the Live Big Broadcast. Today we will hear a classic message from Bishop Greer. We believe this word will bless you, so let's get into this classic teaching. Today we're going to begin a nine-week series, and today we're going to jump in in the deep side. And we're going to begin to deal with one of the more thorny issues. Whenever you begin to discuss the thing that I'm going to begin to discuss today, there are are certain groups of powerful fundamentalists that get very upset. They'll go on the the, the, the radio and the TV, and they'll write books about you, call you all types of ugly names, including heretic. When you begin to preach what the Bible says, at the outset, I want to get this out of the way. I want everyone in this room to say perhaps one of the naughtiest words in Christianity. There's a few more naughty, but this one just seems to cause demons to come out of the woodpile and just jump on you. Would you say with me the word rich? Rich. See, you did it. Flags didn't fall, ceiling didn't cave in, the walls didn't shake. You said it. Say it one more time. There you go. There you go. A lot of folks that oppose this truth in the gospel, in my opinion, are very selfish people. You know, in America, what we call poverty is not what much of the world calls poverty. Many people in our nation that are considered poor, by the standards in developing countries, they'd be considered rich. My wife and I, when we were married, one of the most difficult things I had not been to Ethiopia with her was I was trying to ascertain where she came from because I wanted to do, you know, at least as well as her dad, you know, and providing for her. And um, she told me that uh, they were well off in her nation. And when I went to visit, I understood that well off in Ethiopia is very different than well off here. And because we see things through an American lens, we think that middle-class people are not wealthy. You need to understand that the lowest of the lowest of the middle class in this room is still within the top 5% of all the 6 billion people 
on planet Earth. Our middle is super abundance elsewhere. The frustration with this group in the church and this mindset in the church that somehow poverty is good, it's troubling because anyone that loves people, anyone in their right mind, wouldn't dare to call poverty a blessing. A few years ago, my wife and my two boys, we were overseas, and we were, we were traveling, and I think my oldest was around nine or ten, and we were out in some square, and there was a group of boys, but one boy came forward. He had on no pants. He had on no underwear. All he had was something of a rag you might call a shirt. It maybe went to about here. It's a little longer in the back. His feet were dirty. He smelled. There was waste on him. Amazingly, he had a smile. And he walked up to us, and in his language, he asked for money. I remember my son looking at that other boy and realizing, hey, all these video games, we're like, I don't have anything to do with this kid. You hear what I'm saying? Yes. Talking about, you know, that just because you, you, you don't have a soda or a snack in the house, there's no food. <laughs> but this kid. I'm saying run out of Cheetos. It's a major, major. <laughs> Ma, what happened? <laughs> but that child probably ate from a dumpster. He slept without a roof. Sometimes, maybe in the sewer, an open field. And he was in danger. People take advantage of poor boys. And for anyone to call that God's blessing, let that blessing come on you. You cannot love people and call poverty anything other than what it is, a curse. Today, for some, I may upset your theology a tad. You, You may have to think at things differently. But I want you to understand, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And today we're going to go line by line, unless you leave here thinking that that was Bishop's opinion. That is his personal revelation. I want you to understand from the word of God. What God says about poverty. And matter of fact, we're not just going to look at it as a promise. No, a promise apart from Christ. I want you to understand today that deliverance from poverty and lack is part of the atonement. Atonement is a big word, and it's not a word often used anymore. But in the actual word, we hear its definition. Atonement at what? One meant. Jesus died to make us at one with God. We who were estranged, we who were far off, we who were without a covenant, can now come fearlessly and boldly to his throne to receive. There's a oneness between us and God 
through the death, resurrection, and ascension of our Lord. Many ask, what is the relevance of the cross? Some people don't talk about the cross. You're in error. The cross is vitally important. The challenge is some people, all they talk about is the cross. And then there's only one theme from the cross that they discuss. Salvation when you die. Jesus died at a cross so that we might have access into his kingdom and, of course, free access to the throne of grace. But you can't get in, save you meet Christ at this cross. What's the relevance of the cross and how shall it impact my life other than when I die? I'm going to heaven. Let's take a look at 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and verse 9. Many people say we want the results. We want the power that the early church had. Well, if you want the results that the early church had, you need to know what the early church knew. Many of us have abandoned the faith. But today I want to call you to remembrance to what the early saints believed and give you an opportunity to embrace the same truths. He said, for you know, you what? know." The Corinthians knew something that some of us again have forgotten. For you know the grace. What is grace? It's a release of God's divine ability on our behalf. And in a moment, we'll explain that more. For you know, church, you need to know. Do you understand me? You need to know about the grace that God has provided you through Calvary. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I entitled today's message, The Great Exchange. Because that's really what happened at Golgotha's Hill. God gave us his everything for our nothing. Now, we had to bring what we had. And when you waited in a balance, it really accounted for nothing. That's why when he gave us what he had, it's called grace. It's a free gift because we can't earn it. All we could do is bring ourselves. And when we come, what's amazing is at Calvary, listen to me, and if you're taking notes, write this down. All the evil we deserved came on Jesus. Why? The cross is not just some funny emblem. It's not a piece of jewelry. At the cross of Calvary, all the evil I deserved was placed on Jesus. So that all the good Jesus deserved might be offered to me. Calvary is the place of the great exchange. And we're going to discuss nine line items of this exchange. In this next verse, we're going to actually see that the language here, you see an exchange. And here it is. Though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, 
so that you through his poverty might become rich. Is rich in the Bible? Why is rich a naughty word? He became poor so that I might become what? If my parents died after working a lifetime and left me an inheritance of a million dollars. I mean, my mother and father slaved. I mean, they worked hard. And they left this great inheritance for the son they raised. But when I went to the attorney to receive my inheritance, I said, well, I want to be humble. So instead of a million dollars, just give me ten. Well, if you know my father, my father would probably reach up out of the grave, stretch forth his hand to smack me. But all that I worked for, all that I provided, all that it cost me, those hours working for people I didn't even like, boy. All those years. And you're going to walk in here falsely humble like you all that. Too good. To receive my blessing. You need to understand the mind of the father. Jesus paid it all. Hung him high. Beat him. Pierced him. Ripped out his beard. And after all he provided. You're talking about. Well, because of the doctrine of my denomination, (laughs) I don't want to be involved with those charismatic Pentecostals that believe that God wants to bless you in this life. I'm above that. I just want $10. (laughs) May the Father reach his hand from heaven, smack both sides of your jaw. How dare you? How dare you? The cost that was paid for your liberty. And you're going to take a little bit? That's obnoxious. Arrogant. You're assuming things, saint. You're in error. Luke chapter 4 and verse 18. Every truth I understand from the epistles, I have to return to the Gospels, the matrix, the mother of the rest of the book, to make sure I'm appropriately lined up in interpreting Scripture. Interpreting, that's interesting, but I'm interpreting Scripture (laughs) properly. Luke chapter 4 and verse 18. I want you to listen to Jesus. This is his first message. I want you to hear the first words that come out of his mouth. See, Jesus knew that boy that we met in the marketplace. He saw him across town. And there have been countless millions throughout history. Jesus opened the scroll when he came to a place in Isaiah and he, he read from it. And then he lifted up his hand and said, this is fulfilled in me this day. Watch what he says. 
He said, the spirit of the Lord is on me. Because he has anointed me to do what? To proclaim good news. What is good news to poor people? You don't have to be poor anymore. Jesus said, I've come. And the little boy you met in the square doesn't have to stay in that squalor. Now, I recognize that we in the States have the privilege of interpolizing that scripture and spiritualizing it. But you see, we don't have to believe God always for our next meal. So we have the privilege of being frivolous with the scriptures. And we, we don't have to believe God for healing because we just go to the hospital. Yes. But in other nations, they got to take the word seriously. Yes. He said, God, all this Holy Ghost on me, all this anointing dripping from my lips has come for this reason. To proclaim good news to the poor. Now, I recognize that there are at least two ways you could soundly interpret the scripture and still be within the scope of reason. One way of giving good news to the poor is, of course, removing the poverty, as I said. But there is a second possibility. And, and that is God sustaining you in your poverty. You know, he could take you out of the situation or keep you in the situation, but make you strong in it. So there are two possibilities here if we're going to be true to the text. But let me tell you something. When it comes to the scripture... There may be a whole lot of interpretations, but there's only one right way. So what we're going to do is go back to the book and see how the inspired commentary interprets that passage. Back to 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and verse 9. Does God want to sustain us in our poverty? And by the way, there have been moments that God did that. And he's done that in my life. But we're going to see ultimately from this passage... He's not just trying to sustain. Let's see what he says here. He said, for you know, church, you got to know this. You got to get past hoping for this. You need to know it in the pit of your stomach. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor. So that we through his poverty might become what? Becoming rich is the removal of poverty. He died according to scripture so that we might become what? Rich. Now hear me. I recognize that the term rich has has vast meanings for people. Let me tell you what I don't mean. When I use the word rich, I am not saying that you necessarily have a million dollar home. I'm not saying necessarily that you have $100,000 in your bank account. But what I am saying, let me, let me say something. In a free nation, now I recognize when people are being persecuted for the faith and 
Like over there in the Middle East, if you say you're Christian, um, you have 10% higher taxes. You can't get the jobs like the Muslims can in those countries. There's a prospect that you might be beheaded. If you do get baptized, your family might kill you. In those settings, you could almost understand some of the poverty of the saints. But in a free nation where we have choices, where we can choose what we do and don't do. Matter of fact, in the book of Acts, this is a time, you know, this ancient world, everyone's not educated. Also, there was persecution coming from the Sanhedrin because they were beating on the disciples quite regularly. And even in Jesus' time, they were putting people out of the synagogue uh, for the cause of Christ. And if you didn't go to the synagogue, you couldn't buy and sell. So it was a serious thing to be put out of the synagogue. But I, I might be in Acts 4. I'm not sure of the passage. But you can look this up when you go home. The Bible says that there wasn't a needy person amongst them. One of the marks of revival is supernatural giving and God resourcing that which he's assigned. It says of the early church, there was not a needy person among them. Meaning that when God came into their lives, he met every single one of their needs according to his riches in glory. They weren't in America. They weren't in Britain. They weren't in Europe. They were in the Middle East where most people, where many people entering the church were slaves. But God met their, their needs. Let's go to 2 Corinthians 9 and 8. Same up, author as uh, 2 Corinthians 8 and 9. And he's going to clarify this definition of wealth for us. So you don't have to leave here with my personal opinion about what's in someone's bank or what's not in someone's uh, uh, bank account. Second Corinthians 9, 8. And God is able. Does anyone still believe God's able? And God is able to bless. God's still in the blessing business. He said, God, he's speaking to the Corinthians. God is able to bless. But look at the next word. He not only wants to bless you. Paul says by the Holy Spirit, he wants to bless you abundantly. The term abundance in English comes from the Latin. The term literally means a wave that overflows. I've been to Hawaii and they have tremendous waves in Hawaii. And what I noticed that every time a wave comes to the shore, everything on the shore gets wet. Abundance is not just having your cup full. But it's learning to say with David, my cup overflows. It's you standing under the presence of God. With your cup. Well, with me, with my bucket. <laughs> and not only does your bucket get full, but everything around you, everything on you gets wet. Yes. To the glory of the king. God does not want to just bless you. He wants to bless you abundantly. There are three levels of financial life. The first level is insufficiency. Been there, done that. That's when you go to the grocery store. You have two growing 
boys like my own. They eat everything in your house all the time. They just seem their mouths just seem to have batteries in them. You know, they, they're just hungry all the time. Or you have two girls that always seem to need to go to the mall and they always need something new and something pretty. Insufficiency is when my wife goes to the grocery counter and instead of having the $200, she has $175. She may have, but she doesn't have enough. That's insufficiency. But then the next level is sufficiency. That's when you go to the mall and, and, and your daughter says she wants this prom dress and, and it looks pretty on her, but then you see the price tag. And it says $400. And once you come to and the smelling salts, <laughs> and you're back on your feet. It costs $400, but you have $400 in your pocket. That's sufficiency. But I want you to understand sufficiency is selfish. You cannot help anyone till you get to this next level. The next level is abundance. That's when you reach in your pocket, out of your 600, you curl out 400. Are you hearing me? To pay the clerk, and then you have 200 to help someone else in an insufficient situation. Thank you for joining us today. Tune in again next time as we continue this classic teaching with Bishop Greer. It is our sincere prayer that you are blessed and empowered to live a life bigger than yourself today. If you want to know more about becoming a Christian or want to rededicate your life to Christ, Bishop Greer wants to walk you through a step-by-step guide. It's the most important decision you'll ever make. Visit gracechurchva.org salvation to find out more. We invite you to worship with us online each Sunday on our YouTube channel at TV. And while you're there, remember to subscribe and hit the notification bell to get all of our latest content. That's all for today. Until next time, live big. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here. Here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. Salemnow.com.